serving something good in your everyday life and everyday relationships. I'm not hanging out alone today. Got a friend here. Who who are you, friend? Justin Ronick. Good afternoon, everybody. Yeah, you heard uh, from Justin last week as well. Uh, one, of, one of our favorites. Uh, the best pastor wife you'll ever meet. <laughs> <laughs> Always the way it goes. Yep. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the inside joke that's now outside. Yeah. So, uh, hey, we're going to talk about serving today. Justin's a servant extraordinaire, so I'd just give us a story, a story of how you've seen serving as a love language come out of your life and hit someone else's. Yeah, yeah so I think um, kind of in a daily, day-to-day thing, um, one of the times that it happened for me serving was um, working on a big project at work. Um, it was pretty much the whole shop is working on this project at the same time. Um, I got done with my portion um, early and kind of was just standing around looking for something to do, um, noticed that there was a couple people that were just kind of running all over the place. Um, I stopped, asked them what I could do. They explained what I needed to do, um, and I just kind of ran with it um, and took different things on as I was going on through the day. Um, one of the big parts was that it usually took them to about 10 o'clock at night to do this, but we got it done by about 6 o'clock at night just by helping them. Um, so it, it's just one of those things when serving like that, it kind of speed things up and makes people feel like um, what they're trying to accomplish is what other people want to accomplish too. Now, the difference between getting home at 10 at night and 6 p.m., that's, that is a measurable difference. Uh, tell me, though, what was the measurable difference for that person? What, h- how did they feel about it? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. Yeah, as you said, 10 or 6 o'clock at night, I mean, it, you're, that's time that they get to go spend with their family, um, and they're not stuck at work themselves um i think that that's a nobody wants to be at work till 10 o'clock but the work's got to get done so being able to help them get through that and get home to their family is something that they definitely felt um and you could just see it in the way that they responded to the what happened did it uh, make any turn in relationships was there um any 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 more connectedness that, that came out of it that you found the next day next business work day yeah i mean we sat there for hours upon hours just kind of working together to try to get this done. So we kind of you don't you're not working the whole time. So you get a, to have conversations about things. So it, it's one of those things where the next day you kind of joke about what happened. And I mean, we got to do this. It's kind of a yearly project. So we got to do it again next year. And I'm sure that I'll be there helping them along the side just because <laughs> it's a lot easier when you got two people doing it. So it kind of you go through that and then you can go on to the next day and kind of joke about different things from it uh, that that sounds great and wh- here, here's what i'm hearing with it and what's tricky is you cover the base level of expectations that's what the workplace is you, you got a job they hand you a description of what that job is you're paid to do a certain job but then you put the extra to work for for someone else and I feel like that can apply to a lot of different places in life, right? Like, I mean, there's the flowers on uh, Valentine's Day for the spouse. <laughs> That's expected. Don't want to forget those, yeah. <laughs> no. But, uh, and then uh, 
uh, gosh, I, I guess you could keep going down the list. Maybe you could think of other examples of he, here's here's the basic expectations, right? For us to stay friends, we swap a text every so often, uh, or for for me to be a family member with the extended family, you at least remember the birthday. On and on the list goes of here's the basic expectations. For me, it it looks like serving is the extra, the extra beyond expectation. Yeah, and I think serving beyond the expectation is definitely one of those things, at least for my Enneagram number, because it's a little bit easier being a two. Um, helping out and helping other people is definitely something that um, makes me feel loved. Um, but it's one of those things where you can look for other opportunities within the workplace and to be able to serve other people throughout um, your day or your within your neighborhood as well, too. I appreciate you brought up the Enneagram because it's it, it it's <laughs> congratulations you're number two helper the fantastic people um, but yeah the weird thing about helpers is they're getting something out of it I don't think that cheapens it at all if you're genuinely enjoying and thriving off of serving someone with love I think that's a win yeah I agree with you completely I think that if you're trying to help not only your inner self but helping other people it's it's only going to make yourself grow as well as you're going through your day I'd, I'd, you know i'd say even to the point of serving becoming sacrifice like there is still a joy you know like when you are loving someone else you can name times that you've done it for your kids uh you've you done it for that one special someone when it it's a joy to lose on on behalf of another when you're passing love along Hey, talk talk to me a little more around uh, so this this seminar that uh, was uh, online recently about the five love languages kind of got our conversations going in our marriage, and I know you were on that same call. Um, just give me your the, your thoughts surrounding uh, how to translate the love languages that are being communicated out there day after day. Yeah, so I think one of the things um, so that. Um, the conversation that we had or the online course that we had was the author of the love languages book. And he kind of went a little bit further into depth of what his, um, each one of the love languages was and how to be able to tell other people's love languages. So one of the things that really caught my attention and I, it's not only necessarily where you can use it in a marriage, but also when you're looking at your friends and things like that is how to potentially tell what another person's love language is. Um, and the author gave three different um, answers to that. One was, how do they show love? The second was, how do they complain? Or what do they complain about all the time? And then the last one is, what do they request most often? So when you look at those three questions and um, watch what they're doing on a day-to-day -day basis, you can kind of see what that person's going to want um, from you in return. That makes so much sense, even down to the what what are you complaining about? What aren't you what are you saying you're not getting enough of? There you go. You're just spelling it out for the rest of us to know. And uh, uh, again, huge part of the love language is not just doing what you want to do to love a person, but notice what they are needing most in terms of love as well. Yeah, I can agree, couldn't agree with you more on that one. I think that that's an important thing to just watch what other people's love language is because it's not necessarily what you want. It's what is going to help them the most.
Yeah, so, so true. Well, thank, thanks, Justin. Uh, awesome to have you. And uh, thanks for serving. Thanks for having me, and uh, we'll talk again.